Almost 15 years ago now, Bernali Ghosh and her husband Anurvan Chatterjee set off on a world tour. From the Bay Area to Japan to Vietnam, Bangladesh, Cambodia, India, through China, through Europe, and all the way back to the United States. The trip took about a year. And during that year, they barely stepped foot on an airplane. We took uh, container ships uh, across the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. That's Bernali. She and Anurvan are both climate activists, which is part of what inspired this year of no flying. It took only about 10 days or 11 days to cross the ocean. We were the only two passengers on the ship. I was the only woman on board. Once they were on land, Bernali and Anurvan could find a bus or a train to get them where they needed to go. But they weren't in a hurry either. They spent several weeks in each city. And uh, one of the ways we would experience these cities is by taking walking tours. That year, we took a ton of walking tours. We loved some, we, and we hated some. And, but it is still our favorite way to experience a new city. We took a graffiti tour of Berlin. We went to New York City's Tenement Museum and took the Tenement Museum tour. This is Anurvan Chatterjee, Bernali's husband. I think for us, having taken a whole bunch of these tours, it served as a kind of inspiration for just the idea that, that tours can look different and sometimes tours can actually be for locals by locals. One of their favorite tours was in Rome. It was eight hours long and entirely in Italian. The other tour goers helped translate it for them. But we went to these sites that you wouldn't, a, a tourist wouldn't necessarily see in Rome. So instead of going to the Sistine Chapel or the Colosseum, we were going to, you know, Roma camps, to a tunnel project that had failed because of corruption and talking about the, the history and, and the politics of that. Uh, we were, you know, in a meadow, given wine to have with our lunch by the neighbors. So I think it really shifted our idea of who a walking tour w- was for and what kind of stories it could tell. A few months later, Anurvan and Bernali made it home to Berkeley, California. And that's when all of these varied interests of theirs started to come together. Walkability, social justice, history, climate change, and their home of Berkeley. It all started to form around one idea. The Berkeley South Asian Radical History Walking Tour. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we are taking a walk. A walk around Berkeley, California, where Bernali Ghosh and Anurvan Chatterjee will share stories about radical South Asian history, about freedom fighters, and about how all of that history still lives on today. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. 
The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Anurvan Chatterjee and Bernali Ghosh are the kinds of people who always have a project going. To start with, they both have day jobs. Anurvan in tech and Bernali as a transportation advocate. But they're also artists, community organizers, and designers. And when they're not doing that, they're running their walking tour. So far, they've taken more than 3,000 people on more than 230 trips through Berkeley's South Asian history. We don't have kids, and um, yeah, it's definitely our baby. But Anurvan always wanted to do a project together, and I was always anxious about, you know, uh, how you preserve a marriage when you might be fighting about uh, little details. But, I mean, we still we still have arguments, but they're healthy. Right, babe? Always. <laughs> Anurvan and Bernali have lived in Berkeley for more than 20 years now. Anurvan grew up in the Bay Area, and Bernali moved there from India to go to grad school. In the past, they both struggled with feeling at home in Berkeley as South Asians. It's one of the many reasons the idea of creating this South Asian walking tour appealed to them. I want to say little by little, we were able to start putting together a patchwork story of four generations of South Asian activism on the streets of cities where we happen to live. And it's not like these stories are unique to only Berkeley, California. They exist everywhere, but we just happen to live here. And we wanted to share these histories, not just for the sake of history, but to inspire people, especially our own community, uh, to understand that, you know, these histories are as much part of our tradition as, say, Bollywood or, or samosas or, or any of that that people think about when they think about uh, Indians. The tour that Bernali and Anurvan created covers two miles through the Telegraph, the UC Berkeley, and downtown Berkeley neighborhoods. The tour is three hours long, and one of the stops is at a place where a group of South Asian students led the first documented free speech protest in Berkeley, all the way back in 1908. Another is at a high school where Muslim and Sikh students built a safety network after 9-11. Sometimes we tell these really large, grand stories of... South Asian American revolutionaries organizing to overthrow colonialism to take down the British Empire. But sometimes we tell stories of 16-year-olds organizing to stop racist attacks in the place where they live. So, you know, we're not going to be able to, obviously your tour has a, a lot packed into it. There's a lot of history there. There are stories in the tour that could easily take up this entire, uh, you know, show. I will, I do want to ask about a few places so people kind of get an idea. I mean, one place uh, that I really wanted to talk about is uh, Kala Bagai Way. So Berkeley is a 20% Asian American city today. But if you walk on the streets of Berkeley, um, 
you don't necessarily see that reflected in, in the names of streets uh, or buildings. There is one notable exception. In 2020, Anurvan and Bernali helped get a new sign erected on an intersection in downtown Berkeley. It's named for Kala Bagai. She immigrated to the U.S. in 1915 with her husband and their three children. They were fleeing British colonialism, trying to make a life for themselves in San Francisco. And after a few years, they opened a store in downtown Berkeley. But when the family bought a house there, their white neighbors literally barricaded the door to prevent them from moving in. We know this because of an oral history interview that Kala did the year before she died. And in that, she recalls telling Vaishno that she did not want to live in this house or in this neighborhood because she was afraid that her neighbors might hurt their children. And this story, I think, really sort of stuck with us. And we wanted to uh, nominate Kalabagai to see if there was a way that we could welcome her back to Berkeley and really think about the loss that a community faces when people who want to live here uh, are turned away. I think for us, um, it's very much a nod to people who are dealing with housing racism and struggles around the cost of housing and inclusion here and now. And by talking about that history, um, it's been really important for us to see activists and elected officials be able to kind of use the story of Kalabagai way, use the story of this like name for this two block street in downtown and bridge from there into, um, into actual policy work. And I'll also say, I think for us, it's been interesting to finally have something to point to because most of the, the sites we go to, which are sites of queer history, sites of youth, youth organizing, there's not a plaque or a specific building. Uh, some of that is because our histories were not considered important enough to preserve in the same way um, as, say, white people history. That being said, it has been a really sort of powerful moment for us to finally have the site in downtown Berkeley, a street name, uh, a banner with her image that we can point to. Bernali and Anurvan say it is impossible for them to choose a favorite stop on the tour. But they both agree that an important piece of it happens about halfway through. On the steps of Haas Pavilion, it's a basketball stadium on UC Berkeley's campus. Students walk and bike past as Bernali starts telling the story of Qatar Singh Sarabha. Who was a, a, a young revolutionary with the Ghadar Party, which was an anti-colonial... Um, on the tour, as Bernali narrates Qatar's story, Anurvan stands a couple steps above her, acting out moments from Qatar's life. He arrives in Berkeley in 1912. He's only 16 years old. He becomes involved with the Gutter Party and starts organizing against British colonial rule in India. He moves back to India and starts handing out newsletters. And then, for this, he is captured by the British and sentenced to death. Anurvan, playing Qatar, walks all the way up the steps at Haas Pavilion, and he reenacts the moment of his execution. And he's only 19 years old when this happens. So it's a reminder of all of the sacrifices that people have made for people like Anurvan and me and others to have this freedom, both in our homelands, but also the ability, you know, to, to come here. And it's a very um, moving story. It shocks a lot of people. And this idea that Kartar Singh Sarabha was walking the same streets that I walk today 
uh, has completely, you know, changed the way I see myself in the city and whether I belong here or not. I don't think that people necessarily realize that we're going to jump 100 years back into the past to talk about activism that is so big and so grand. Um, that of just the idea of a 16 year old dreaming of taking down the British Empire, it's really big and really audacious in a way that I don't know that we can dream of. We're hoping that what'll stick with people is the emotion and the idea that like people can do big things and climate action is the big thing here and now. And if we can, if they did that then, then, um, there are ways for us to kind of really plug into this work. And you, you read a, a poem uh, on the tour. Yeah, why don't I do that right now? I, I have that up. Oh, that would be amazing. So, Anirvan, uh, why don't you do the English version first and then I'll do the other version so they can hear, understand what I would be saying. Go ahead. If anyone asks who we are, tell them our name is Rebel. Our duty is to end the tyranny. Our profession is to launch revolution. That is our namaz, this is our sandhya, our puja, our worship. This is our religion, our work. This is our only khuda, our only rama. I'll read uh, the original version. Jo koi puche ki kaun ho tum, to keh do, baghi hai naam apna. Zum mitana hamara pesha, gadar ka karna hai kaam apna. Namaz sandhya yehi hamari, paat puja hi sach yehi hai. Dharam karam sach yehi hai yaro, vahi khuda bhi uram apna. How does it feel for you two? having done this for a decade. This is a big part of your life. How does it feel 10 years into the project? I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I thought that South Asian American history began the day my parents got off a plane. And learning these histories, learning about four generations of activism and organizing in my city, I feel like I walk the streets very differently. I feel like I have a different kind of sense of ownership uh, over the city. I feel like I've just got this connectedness to a history that's maybe a little bit more of a chosen history, that you don't have to be somebody's literal child or grandchild or whatever else to be able to sort of claim that this is part of my history too. I want to add, when we first started doing the tour, we weren't sure, I mean, who would come on a Berkeley South Asian radical history walking tour? It's so specific. It's so, um, so geeky. And we were just really surprised at the fact, just the idea that it spoke to so many people, because yes, it is about Berkeley South Asian radical history, but really it speaks to a lot of things that many people are coming to the tour for. I remember somebody who came on the tour, and I think for him, maybe it felt like a multicultural experience or something. He came in wanting to be like an interested neighbor, but by the end of the tour, he mentioned that he didn't realize that the tour was also about him and about how somebody like he, him could kind of show up in the world. And that's very much our goal, where it's not about trivia. It's not about you have to be part of the community to know something about the community. It's not for interested neighbors. 
just the idea that you can learn these histories and by going deep into like one very specific thing it hopefully gives us all tools to see our cities differently to place ourselves into cities differently and hopefully to take action in one of a myriad different ways well thank you so much uh both of you for your time this has been great thank you thanks dylan thanks sarah thank you both Thank you so much to Anurvan and Bernali. To learn more about the tour or to sign up for an upcoming date, visit berkeleysouthasian.org. The link is in the show notes. Uh, and we've been calling it a walking tour, but Bernali wanted to note that it is both wheelchair and stroller accessible. So come as you are. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman. It was edited by... Tracy Samuelson. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Baudelaire, Devin DeComo, Chica Okoye, Gianna Palmer, John Delore, Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Manolo Morales and mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton, for the stay.